It really comes down to just really putting yourself out there and taking advantage of every single opportunity that presents itself to you. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Michael Beer alongside Ed Fletcher, and we're next up. Ed, how are you doing today? Doing great, Mike. Thank you for asking. So our guest this week is Madison Brenchek. She is an incoming summer analyst at JP Morgan, which is a pretty, pretty cool internship. And she's also a junior at Holy Cross as well. So Ed, do you want to get us started? Yes, absolutely. So Madison, um, the first question we ask people when we have them on our podcast is, uh, what inspires you to make yourself next up? Thank you so much, first of all, for having me here on the show today. Um, it's such a privilege to be here. But for me, what inspires me to make myself next up is really just looking forward to how I can improve myself every single day. Looking back on the progress that I've made and the things that I've been able to accomplish has propelled me forward and has really allowed me to see what new feats and what new things I can work towards to keep improving and keep being the very best version of myself every single day. And in addition to that, it's also really important to surround myself around all the people in my life that keep me motivated and inspired. It's really important to make sure that the people around you are always propelling you and further pushing you in that direction that you want to be in. Yeah, right. I, I think that's very important because so a buddy of mine actually uh, runs a podcast as well. And he had the CEO of Morning Brew on his podcast. And for for everybody who doesn't know what Morning Brew is, it's a it's an early morning newsletter uh, kind of about the markets and and business related. <clears throat> so the CEO of Morningbrook said that it's really important to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, because if you're a nine out of 10 at something, but you hire somebody who's a two out of 10, or you surround yourself with somebody who's a two out of 10, you're kind of complimenting that person. But if you're a two out of 10 at something and they're a nine out of 10, they're complimenting you. So it goes back and forth. And I think it's, a, I think it's a very important concept to understand. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what were some of the steps that you took to obtain this internship? Where did it start? It really comes down to just really putting yourself out there and taking advantage of every single opportunity that presents itself to you, or even ones that you have to go out for and seek for yourself. Being able to um, sign up for anything or any you know, speaker or event that's happening at your school, that's really the best way to just jump in with the first step. And once you get to do that, you get to know people and they get to know you. And so the, you kind of surround yourself with like a community of people who attend these events and get engaged. And then you can reach out to those people like, hey, are you going to attend such and such event? And then sometimes they'll reach out to you about ones that you didn't even know were happening around campus. So I think those are really important to get the first step in. And then after that, um, it's really important to just make yourself stand out in those by asking questions and having the people that are leading the events start to notice your presence there. And so for me, this started with signing up to Tor Banks. Um, it was a program through my college where anybody interested in finance could go on this trip to Tor Banks in New York City. And I didn't really, really know anything about any of the different firms at this point, but that's where I got to tour JP Morgan for the first time. And that's really where I developed my passion and interest for it by seeing it live and in person. So that's really um, the best way to get your foot in the door with that. And um, then it gives you something to talk about once you start really meeting these alumni or developing your network. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it, especially in your case, it's, it was probably very beneficial to see these things in real life, right? Because a lot of people, they don't, they, they hear about it on the news or they can just look up the company or the, or the bank or whatever, wherever it may be. But when you're actually there and inside and you see how people operate, it's probably uh, fascinating. Honestly. While you're at those uh, opportunities, kind of how did you network? 
So my first experience with networking um, at this, this tour event that I went on, there was a networking reception where any Holy Cross alumni was invited who was in the business world to attend. And you kind of just mingle around and start asking questions and talking to people. And I was really nervous and I didn't really know how to network. I kind of looked up a little things like how to network, but I kind of just went in there and introduced myself, said that I was interested and asked a little bit about their personal roles and how they got involved in the industry. And I personally like made a goal for myself, like, okay, I'm gonna walk out of here with five to 10 business cards. And um, I did. And so that was really the first step of getting those business cards and talking to people and just learning about their own roles. Um, then after that, it kind of became a little bit more natural. You, um, I went home, I emailed all of the alumni that I spoke to, thanked them for talking to me and asked if we could set up a phone call. And so that right from there, that's when I started developing my network for sure. Yeah, definitely. So the follow-up is very important. You got to make sure that um, the people remember you and that you thank, you, they, mm -hmm. you thank them for uh, taking the time to talk with you. So I imagine you talk to a decent amount of people. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk us through how you uh, kept track of all these different people and um, kind of made sense of it all? Absolutely. So it was really important for me to create an Excel spreadsheet where in one column, I had a list of all the alumni or people that I networked with, their title and role, the firm that they work at, um, kind of if they're like an associate or if they're a higher level executive. And um, I'd also rate them kind of on my discussion with them of how helpful the conversation was to me and I'd also put the date that I spoke to them so that way if I wanted to follow up in a couple of weeks or a month or two I knew how how much time had passed and I'd also write like a little excerpt of um, what we talked about so that way it was fresh in my head and I could recall the conversation again and this was extremely beneficial I recommend it to anybody who's trying to network because then you can see how many people you've actually talked to if you're trying to hit a goal my goal was um from October to December to speak to 50 alumni. And so that way it keeps you on track and guided in that way. And so that was really important and also really helpful to um, see exactly, again, which people that you wanted to go back and, and talk to again. Right. And so all this stuff is really kind of overwhelming, especially for our listeners and people who really don't have the networking skill set that you have or some other uh, interns have. So how do you even start all of that? Like, what's the best way to go about it? It seems really daunting and scary at first. I know I was extremely nervous when I was trying to make that first phone call, but really that's just it. Just having the courage to call someone up and just talk to them. And they're all super helpful and they are in the same position as all of us. And so that made it a little bit more um, easier, but all in all, just really sitting down, taking the time and just going for it. And that first call, yeah, it might you might stumble, you might ask a silly question, but um, they're gonna help you through it and they're gonna guide you and you can ask them for tips to improve for the next time. Yeah, uh, can I just, I'm just gonna ask you one follow-up question to that. Mm -hmm. Say you make your first phone call. Um, it's um, just, just an alumni, alumni. What is your first question that you're gonna ask them? If it's like an associate or someone, um, when I was just starting off, I just kind of simply asked them, like, how, what is like your day to day job like? Like, what do you do pretty much every day? And that was a good introduction question because um, it's easy to talk about. You know, people like to talk about themselves and, and their yep. job. So it kind of defers the tension off of you and onto them. And mm -hmm. then, 
as they start to talk about it, you might come up with a question on the spot, like, oh, tell me more about that project that you did, or what is that like to do to do this or work with that team? And so you kind of start to get the ball rolling after you ask that first question. And if there's if there's kind of like a lull in the conversation, I'd always ask like, what got you interested in the first place? Or how did you start networking? And those are really good questions to ask for conversation starters. Cool. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the most important thing. Just people love talking about themselves and you can get mm-hmm. people talking for minutes, hours, days, literally days. Um, <laughs> so Madison, how rigorous was the interview process? Because I know that that's something that people kind of worry about going into it. Definitely. It's really important to be prepared for the interview process. There are lots of steps, but you shouldn't worry too much about it. As long as you're prepared, you'll do absolutely fine. Um, My experience is a little bit different since it was virtual this year due to everything going on with the pandemic. But um, there's certain different phases that you go through. So um, applications opened on, on July 1st. That's when I submitted. And a side note is I highly recommend that you get your application in the day, if not the day, then the next day that it opens because um, most of them are on a rolling basis. So the sooner that you apply, the sooner they're going to see your application. So I highly recommend that. And um, so that was July 1st. And then a couple days went by and they said, oh, like now please complete your virtual um, resume. And it's just a few short questions about yourself, kind of why you're interested, why the firm and so it gives you a chance to really practice those speaking skills it's like a higher view format and then um, after that they invite you to complete a like plyometrics um, kind of like brain games scenario and it took like 30 minutes but you can also send that to all of the the firms or banks that you apply for and then after that a couple weeks went by and it was really important during this time to be actively applying to everything. And most banks and firms offered different leadership days or different um, workshops that you can attend or seminars. And so by doing that, it really showed an extra demonstrated interest and kind of increases your chances of being pushed to the next round. So I'd sign up for as many of those as I could possibly do. And most of them only take a select number of applicants for those alone. So that already narrows down the applicant pool. And so by doing that, I was able to get one of the fast track programs through JP Morgan. And um, it was the Wedding Women. They also have one um, for diverse candidates as well. And by doing this, it kind of accelerated the entire interview process. And by doing it, if you got accepted into the Wedding Women um, leadership program, then you got to do a super day at the end of it. And a super day, if people are unfamiliar, it's when you have final round of interviews and there's three to five interviews back to back and they're all pretty much 30 to 45 minutes. And um, they're from a different range of interviewers. They could be an HR person, an associate, an MD or an executive. And it's kind of to test all different sorts of um, ways that you think through things. So there'll be behavioral questions, technical questions, etc. And so I was lucky enough to land a super day and I had about a week and a half to prepare and it wasn't as technical as I expected it to be. This was again an asset management role so it wasn't anything like investment banking or sales and trading. So there weren't too many tricks and brain games to work through. It was more just um, about me and like why I'm passionate about the firm. And so it kind of went very smoothly. It was very conversational and they really just wanted to get to know you as a person. I think it's really interesting how 
the interview process works because this like super days are very scary. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's good to definitely be prepared for sure. So how did you prepare for the technical stuff and kind of the, I know you said you didn't have a lot of technical stuff, but you, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you had a little bit. So how, how did you prepare for that? Definitely. So I would often use different resources like Wall Street Oasis or different um, research guides that kind of put together like common questions or common brain teasers to work through and practice. Um, And then once I started to get familiar with them, I'd have someone else in my family or a friend like randomly pull some and quiz me on them, um, make flashcards and just kind of learn as much as I could. I mean, you can only learn so much, so you just do what you can. And I also did some stock pitches for a club that I'm in at school. And so by working through those and creating my own valuations, I was able to be more familiar with some formulas and um, evaluating um, like stock prices. So that kind of made it all a little bit easier. And I would print those out and take those with me if I had an in-person interview. Yeah, I think it's yeah. cool. So for the, for the listeners at home who aren't exactly sure what Wall Street Oasis is, can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so Wall Street Oasis, it's a fantastic resource. Um, there's videos, there's um, printable like research guides. It has tons of like questions that are most commonly asked on interviews and even some more difficult ones to, I feel like it's better to be over-prepared than under-prepared. So um, making sure to read through those is really helpful. They have podcasts for Wall Street Oasis where they talk about different um, like random ideas or random things in finance. So you can get familiar with some things that you might not know already. And it's just a great guide. It's a website. Just feel free to go on. Everything's free. There are some courses that you can pay for as well, but definitely check it out. Yeah, awesome, I, I, really I, cool. think, I, I think anybody looking for an internship should definitely check out Wall Street Oasis. It's definitely a, a great guide to, um, to finance for sure. Awesome. Um, so Madison, mm-hmm. say you're in an interview. They ask you a question. You have no idea what to say. What do you do? So it depends, you know, um, sometimes they're looking just for you to think through the question and just understand what steps you would take to solve something. So sometimes it's better to have an answer, even if you're not 100% sure. Um, Mm -hmm. In those situations, though, it's important not to just make something totally up. Make sure that you're always familiar with the markets in general. So you kind of have an understanding um, and some direction to lead. It's always important to have an opinion on the markets an opinion on what's going on in the world. Um, it shows that you're intellectual and that you're invested. So always make sure to have an opinion. But if it's a question where you're trying to calculate something or you just genuinely have no idea, it's better just be upfront and say, I'm very sorry, I, I don't know the answer to this question, but I will certainly get back to you about it or I'll certainly do some research on it. And to, to do that and say that and then go back and actually find the answer and follow up shows a whole lot about the person that you are and your dedication. So um, in, that, in that sense, it's very important to just be upfront and honest when you don't know something. Yeah, and employers can even be impressed by that. They're like you, you have the courage to say that you don't know. And that's totally fine. Like you can learn these things and um, they know that like they can teach you lots of things. So it's, it's not terrible to not know something, but again, like you said, make sure you follow up with them. Be like, Hey, I just figured out what this is. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm going to be super impressed. 
Madison, we, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I think that was a great conversation. I think it really opens the door for our listeners to, to kind of just get their foot in the door at, at these, at these big banks, even just apply, just maybe just a quick application. They take like 10 minutes. Um, it, exactly. it goes, it goes a long way for sure. So again, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. And I hope that, um, people can be inspired. Right. Yeah. I think it's very informational for a lot of people. Definitely. So we wish you good luck at JP Morgan and we are probably going to kill it and we hope to make you next up.